the first question we hear a lot is what does it mean to reclaim Sunday? Sure. And I think the short and simple answer is that we make Sunday feel different from all the other days of the week. Mm -hmm. Yes, we go to Mass. Like, absolutely. That's a precept of the church. That's something Catholics do. We go to Mass on Sundays. Um, But what else can we do to make it feel different um, from, from other days? And for our families in particular, like how how are we how are we living this differently? And one of the things that we do mm-hmm. is we remain screen free on Sundays, um, and that allows more time for family conversations. Um, and because you all know, we're all about making food part of how we live yeah. the liturgical life. We always try to have a family dinner that's just a little extra mm-hmm. in some way. Every Sunday is a little feast, a little Easter, so a meal that maybe takes a little longer to prepare, or there's dessert after dinner. Um, those are really common ways that we do that to kind of make it feel a little different from the rest of the week, right? This episode of Beyond Sunday is sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org slash 52 sponsorships. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's still Easter. It is. Can we do a sprinkling rite? <laughs> I think every priest like gets super excited about sprinkling rites. <laughs> Ron's throwing the water bottles at oh, us. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, what's happening right now? Welcome Easter. to Beyond Sunday, guys. <laughs> We've lost it. We're yeah, sprinkling water. We are. It's, it's okay. <laughs> joy. Joy of the Easter season. The joy of the Easter season is still upon us. It is. So welcome again to Beyond Sunday. <laughs> and this podcast is for parents like us who are striving to weave that Sunday and Easter season experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Rocky McCormick, your other co-host. Why don't you put on some comfy clothes, do whatever brings you joy, And come join us as we talk, laugh. Well, we're not going to cry because we're talking about joy. (laughs) But we're going to talk about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. So, Nicole. Yo. Have you ever written a mission statement? I don't think so. Okay. Does your family have a mission statement? Well, you just said you didn't write one, so your family doesn't have a mission statement. But when I asked my 13-year-old what our mission was, Mm -hmm. he first said something really profound. Mm -hmm. All families have a mission to love and serve God. Oh, I know. I Brownie points. I was like, good job. Then he said, we are also on a mission to find the perfect lemon cookie. I like that mission. We love lemon cookies and we've tried lots mm-hmm. of them, but we always joke that we like the lemon flavor to punch us in the face. Oh, and that is an urgent mission. Yes. Tell him I want a report back <laughs> next week. Yes, we'll get right on that. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I forgot to ask my kids what the mission of the McCormick family would be, but I'm also afraid to ask them. What they think our mission might be, depending on the day. Because it might just be a mom and dad to ruin all the joy in our lives. Or the mission is to make us never eat on food. Or, (laughs) yes. You know, you gotta catch them on a good day. Right, right. (laughs) I'll have to do that. We'll have to report back. So, the gospel this weekend is talking about the commissioning of the disciples or the co missioning, going on mission with Jesus. So one might say that our mission statement, or your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go make disciples. 
Was that my very mission impossible voice? I liked it. Thanks. I liked it. Thanks. But I think one thing that we sometimes gloss over when we're reading this passage, and I know I have until I was looking at the 52 Sundays entry for this week, is that Jesus commissioned the disciples in their doubt. Yeah. Like they weren't super like on mm-hmm. board. They didn't sign up. They weren't there in their little men in black suits. Mm-hmm. It said when they saw him, they worshiped. Cool. But then they doubted. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. But then he said to them that they would be going throughout in, you know, bringing people to Jesus. Mm. So God works through our doubt and our weakness to bring people to him through us. He returns to the Father, but then also, like, he tells us, I'm not leaving you alone, which is, like, also, he's like, okay, peace out, but also you're not alone. Yeah. Which, you know, of course, is foreshadowing what happens next week. Sure. We'll leave that cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Um, But it is very much a little, this message will self-destruct in 10 seconds. (laughs) 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 But But you can kind of... You kind of can feel the fear. You do. In the disciples. Well, sure. Because, you know, they're having a moment of doubt. And he's like, also, you have this really important mission. Don't mess it up. Right. And also, um, peace out. I'll see you later. Yeah. But I'm sending someone for you. But don't worry. But also, I'm leaving. I know. <laughs> but also, I'll, I will send uh, an envoy. It's kind of like that the first time your parents leave you home alone. Oh. Right? And yeah. And like, don't burn the house down. <laughs> But also we told the neighbors to look out for you. Right. And also here's a list of phone numbers. Right. Yes. Right. But also like as I was reflecting on this and praying with it, I was like, do you like as a parent, have you ever had those moments where you like tell a kid to go do something? But then they like stand there and just stare off into space. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm pretty sure I like just told you to go do this. What are you what are you looking at? Just standing there. Right. But I feel like as I was reading through the um the the selection from Acts, the excerpt from Acts, I felt like maybe the disciples were a little bit like, you know, some people's children, not my children, my children never do that. But like when Jesus tells them what to do and then ascends to the Father, but they're like sitting there just staring at the sky. <laughs> and then like they're staring for so long <laughs> that like angels have to come down. <laughs> tell them to quit staring at the sky (laughs) like Jesus has given them their mission even in the midst of their doubt and uncertainty and so their job which they've accepted is to go live that mission but they're like staring at this kind of be like um come back yeah come back yeah I think parents um of young children Mm -hmm. for sure can relate to this I know I can because I I have bigger kids even and number one the staring off into space thing is very real oh yeah I need you to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then they just stand there and I'm like, yo, like, you over now. there. And they're like, oh, did you mean me? Yeah. Oh, did now. you mean right now? <gasps> yeah. Oh, well, I'm kind of, you know, and then the, they have like a reason why they're not. Doing, oh, I'm kind of busy. I'm kind of scared. I don't want to do it by myself. Yeah. You know, some other thing. And it's like, yeah, but I still need you to do it. Right. And it's valid. I get Very that. Very relatable. Mostly valid. But I think for families with little still, mm-hmm. um, it can kind of feel like mission is the last thing on our minds yeah. when we're still living in those dark ages of toddlerhood. So oh, sure. the idea of like, wait, I have another thing I'm supposed to be doing on top of keeping the children alive. I was just going to say my mission is to keep them alive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it can feel a little right. a little high pressure. So I appreciate that. It does. And not just in the little like in the little years, it's it's more intense and like more physically intense, but I feel like as we're approaching adolescence, like the emotional turmoil. Yes. Also like kind of like, 
Very scary. <laughs> mission Very what? unsure. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing yeah. anymore. And it's just like a mad dash to the finish line of bedtime, which, of course, in adolescence gets later and later. And yes. I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I don't want to wake up. Yes. But, um... And then you're dealing with, like, sleep-deprived adolescence right. the next day. And it's just like a whole – the whole cycle starts it, all over right. again. Right. Agreed. But I, I feel like part of it is readjusting our own expectation of what mission looks like. Mm, yes. Like it's, it's not necessarily a mission like we execute tasks. Sure. But more just this foundation and this – just the heart of everything that we do. So even working with those children to help them to go get the socks and the shoes on to go to school is yes part – of our greater mission and why we do what we do is because God has asked us to. Yes, and that was a life-changing realization for me when my children were young, was that our mission is in our home mm-hmm. much of the time, mm-hmm. and and we are still on mission mm-hmm. in within the walls of our own homes. Right. Yeah. Right, because I think we think of missionaries. Yes, who go out, right. who go to other countries, who yeah. boil water and build houses and, and bring food and, and shoes and right. medicine. Cure the sick, whatever. Yes. And sometimes we're called to do that too. Sure. But really that mission is to go make disciples. Yes. That, that's it. And that's what we're doing with our children. Mm-hmm. And we yes. do that in the way that we parent our kids yes. as well. And so two things come to mind is that one, many of us in this life of faith, we knew, quote unquote, like what to do in general, but we're not necessarily intentional in carrying that out Mm. because we let the everyday just kind of overwhelm. Yes. When I say we, I mean I, let's be real. We're we're all right. We're like, all in this. Like especially yeah. amid all the de- the changing demands of parenthood. I think that's the other part of it. Like when I get to the point in one where I'm like, okay, I can take a breath. I kind of know our routine. Like <laughs> God also is funny in that. Like nope. And then they have a sleep regression. Yeah. Or they're teething. Or they turn three and they go to law school and now they're lawyers and they litigate <laughs> everything. Or they turn seven and now they have reason and they oh, think right. everything is unjust. Absolutely. Or they turn 11 and now they're very emotional. Yes, yeah, I know exactly like what you're talking like about. Yeah, everything is changing. Yes. And so just when we think we have a handle on it and we can start maybe being more intentional about the bigger picture, something completely changes or there's a tragedy or something happens and the rug is pulled out from yes. under you. And so I think it really is important to come back and want to be intentional about making sure that that mission is at the root of everything that we are mm. doing and not a project that we're living out. Yes. And then two, to remember that we're not rugged cowboys, even though my students yesterday told me I look like a cowgirl because I had on <laughs> boots and, and a jean skirt. They're like, you kind of look like a cowboy today. I'm like, first of all, I'm a girl. But secondly, um, all y'all are crazy. <laughs> but we're not like these rugged cowboys on a solo mission. This is a group thing, yeah. right? Like we're on a mission together. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late to begin again in building a more intentional domestic church. Yes. So like if you aren't super intentional about it or you do a few things, but you feel like you want to be better at it, today's a great day to start. This is a great day it to is. start. Um, also, I just want to tell my husband he shouldn't take notes. I do that and be like, do not be taking notes. Thank you. That has been a service announcement from the McCormick wife. I can't wait to hear know, the right? live tweets know, right? when he listens to this later. Yeah. I'll, I'll text you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a really great blueprint for how we as families are called to do this right out of Unleash the Gospel. Mm-hmm. Archbishop Vigneron speaks directly to families in Marker 7.3. And he says... You like rattle that off as though you have them all memorized. I maybe do. <laughs> I maybe do. In particular, the markers about families. Yes, I maybe well, do. I mean, 
that makes sense. It's it's kind of my job. Kind of. Just a little, little bit. A little bit. Um, he says, I encourage families who are living the gospel to exercise radical generosity in inviting others to share in your family life, even if you are well aware that it is not perfect. I so love that and fear that at the same <laughs> time. But you know what? It shows a radical understanding yes. of the fear of our families mm-hmm. that we don't want to invite people into our mess. Yes. But we're never not going to have a mess. Yes. Never. And and again, putting so much emphasis on that outward image mm-hmm. instead of the true internal reality that right. we're all striving for, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, like putting the mission at the heart of things and not on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about appearing on mission. It's just really loving one another. Absolutely. And, and he goes on even later. Even imperfectly. Yeah. It, yeah. It, even even in our messy homes. Right. And he talks about radical hospitality, inviting people into your homes when right. they're not clean. And, and he goes on um, later to give families these really concrete ways that we can live out our faith in the lives we have mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. even though they're not perfect. We can do these things. And this is an action step 1.3. So the action steps are where Archbishop is like, okay, these are your marching orders. This is this yeah. is how we're going to make this happen. This is how we are going to unleash the gospel. And he talks directly to families in this one. And he says, there's like basically these seven pieces mm-hmm. of, of how families in domestic churches, that's what we, he calls us, that's what the church calls us, yeah. can can really live out and be on mission in their own homes. He says, reclaim Sunday. He says, read scripture. He says, eat meals together. Take time to pray. Practice reconciliation within your own homes. Model Jesus's love. And he calls parents to set that example for their children. Now, this sounds like a very tall order. You probably were like, oh, she's going to say three things. Oh, that's no. seven. That's a yeah. lot of things. But I feel like they all kind of go together. Right? Absolutely. Like they're, not, they're not unattainable goals. Yeah. And these are things a lot of you are already doing right. without even realizing right. it. And they're definitely things that we've talked about here before. Um, and we're going to include a link in the show notes about um, a little, so you can download a little postcard with these challenges on it and hang mm-hmm. it on your fridge. And, and that can be your mission right. in one way or another. Right. And and you're probably already doing a lot of these things. Absolutely. And I think that the goal really is to have that sharing of the gospel become an organic thing. Yes. So again, it's not a program. It's not a checklist. It's not something that you have to do. It is just something that because of the lives you live organically happens, mm-hmm. that you love Jesus so much that everyone around you knows. Yes. And we've said this so many times. If you have met Jesus and he has changed your life, there is no way it has not changed the way you interact with people. There's right. no way you have not told someone or shared it in one way or another. Yeah, and I think as we're taking a look at our unique mission within that mission, if we begin to think about how our families live and pray, we can already begin to see the unique way that God has designed us to communicate his love to the world. For some of us, it's around our dinner table because we love inviting people over for dinner and we love hospitality Mm -hmm. and cooking and making meals, and so meals are gonna be our ministry. And so before the pandemic, we had started doing McCormick family dinners, like McCormick meals. So like once a month, we would invite people over for oh, dinner. Oh, that's cute. Because, I love it. Yeah, I had read the turquoise table, and it was all about how you <laughs> become present within your community and get yeah. to know your neighbors. And you do. You radically love your neighbors, but you have to know them to love them. Yes. Right? And so it was inv- inviting people over. We haven't kind of gotten back into the swing of that since mm-hmm. the pandemic. But um, for some of us, that is going to be it. In different stages of life yeah. might find you doing this in different ways. Maybe it's just opening your home to your friends and not worrying about the fact that the laundry hasn't been put away. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's being okay with that. Yeah. Um, 
And for others, it's being a voice in presence in our community or in the parish or doing some sort of justice work because that's something that's really important to our families. And it's just the way that we pray, that we pray out loud in that way, standing up for others. And for others, it's maybe living a public life of faith and taking the family regularly to participate in the sacraments and living out the works of mercy, both corporal and spiritual. So we're praying for others, but we're also out there feeding the poor together. So again, like there's no one way for us to be on this mission. Like God is going to call us the way that he calls us and has designed us and our families uniquely, but it's going to be organic to the way that our families already live and pray. Yes, he's never going to ask you to do something that you are terrible. Well, he might ask you. I mean, he will. (laughs) But but he speaks to us through things we love, through things that we're drawn to in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways too. And some of that's going to take negotiation within your family because different people are going to be drawn to different things as well. And some of that is mutual discernment. Like Tim and I have been talking about supporting uh, certain like different organizations here in the in the Archdiocese of Detroit and we do have to really pray about okay is this the time for that yeah or do we feel called to something else so it is coming together in prayer to see how it is that all of the unique personalities that God has put together in this little family unit that you have some more unique than others <laughs> are called to co-mission yeah to work with him to build the kingdom yeah so we're not going to go into all seven of these pieces no. from Action Step 1.3. No, we're not. But but I do want to touch on a couple that I think are challenging for okay. us. Um, and the first question we hear a lot is, what does it mean to reclaim Sunday? Sure. And I think the short and simple answer is that we make Sunday feel different from all the other days of the week. Mm-hmm. Yes, we go to Mass. Like, absolutely. That's a precept of right. the church. That's something Catholics do. We go to Mass yes. on Sundays. Um, but what else can we do to make it feel different um, from from other days? And for our families in particular, like, how, how, are, we, how are we living this differently? And one of the things that we do mm-hmm. is we remain screen-free on Sundays. Um, and that allows more time for family conversations. Um, and because you all know we're all about making food part of how we live, yeah. the liturgical life. We always try to have a family dinner that's just a little extra mm-hmm. in some way. Every Sunday is a little feast, a little Easter. So a meal that maybe takes a little longer to prepare or there's dessert after dinner. Um, those are really common ways that we do that to kind of make it feel a little different from the rest of the week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And my kids are never going to let me talk to you again if they hear screen-free Sunday. (laughs) But we do limit. We do very much limit our screen time on Sunday. So they get far less screen time (laughs) on Sunday. Even less if mom ends up being in charge. Mm. They're like, dad, because I'm like, nope. Yeah. No. Sorry. I said what I said. (laughs) Not sorry. Um, But we try to keep Sunday free of a lot of chores. And so we try to get the laundry done and the house, not cleaned, but somewhat tidied-ish on Saturday. And the kids help with chores on Saturday so that when it comes to Sunday, we can, when they get home from church, they can enjoy donuts or whatever it is, whatever else it is that we've done. Yeah, so it's truly a day of rest Yeah, in that so we way. try to make it a day of rest. That's very nice. Um, and then because intercessory prayer is one of my charisms and it's something that's been important in our family life, we do, after dinner, do our family rosary. And then we offer that. Beautiful. And the prayers from that. So we make it a day of prayer and rest as much as we can. That's actually a really great way to live Sunday, especially if you're in a season of life where you have a a legitimate reason not to get to Mass. You Mm -hmm. know, you have tiny children who are sick. um, You have to work. Things like that. There's so many other things that you can do when you are home on Sunday to Mm -hmm. really reclaim it and still keep it a holy day. 
Well, and I would say for those of us who are at home or those who cannot make it to Mass, there are now so many opportunities for you to still tune in and and, and participate in the liturgy from home. Yeah. So it's not the same as being at Mass. Sure. But you can still make that part of your Sunday. Yeah. And one of the other challenges that Archbishop talks about is eating meals together. Mm. And I know if you have older kids especially, this can be really challenging during the week Mm -hmm. um, because of sports and extracurricular activities. I have uh, a kid in eSports. I have uh, my daughters and girls on the run. I have Mm -hmm. a fencer and Mm -hmm. he's in a musical coming up here. There's always something going on. And I know that that can be really challenging. So Sunday is actually a great day to kind of like get two birds with one stone there <laughs> and make it reclaim the Sunday and also eat the meal together, yeah. you know, committing to making that a reality. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like for us, we're just entering that season of busyness with the kids and, you know, don't ask me how I feel about enter whatever sport season here. <laughs> um, but I think too, we discern what the kids will participate in so that we can continue to make that family time a priority. Absolutely. And we're very different in that, I think. It is it is a struggle sometimes. I don't think that that's the norm, even within our, in our Catholic families, to say you're limited to one thing. You can pick one thing to yeah. participate in because our family time together and what we are doing together as a family is more important or as important as mm-hmm. these extracurricular activities. Yeah, or the willingness to say, for example, yeah. we're not going to do sports on Sunday right. so that we can go to Mass. Or in, in our case, it, we were very strict about um, the rehearsal schedule for mm-hmm. the drama production. Like, you don't miss faith formation classes in preparation for confirmation because you're right. in the play. And you need to make that clear to the director right. on the first day. Right. So just setting those boundaries, I think, can be challenging for some people. But if if we go into it with that mindset from the beginning, mm-hmm. it's just always been that way. And then we get very little pushback, actually, when... Right. It comes time to have the tough conversations. And sometimes it just becomes, oh, that's the McCormick's. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good with that. That's actually, you know, that could be like a whole separate episode. That's like actually just the way we do a lot of things. Our family culture drives this ship. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's how we're living out all of these Right, but when we're talking about our mission and instead of thinking of of it as like a task, but that's just it. The mission is the culture. Yes. The mission is the culture of our family. The culture of our family is such Mm -hmm. that these are the things that we prioritize and people who know us and they say oh there are the McCormicks they know Sunday mass is a is a non-negotiable yeah they know that we are not going to be overcommitted in our activities sure. because family time is non-negotiable even when it comes to church things yes you have to be willing to draw a boundary right? and not overcommit right right because we yeah. have to stop doing so much that we stop being with one another yes yes which can be challenging i think when oh, it is when we start getting busy and we want our kids to have good enriching opportunities um but there's there's space for both we have to be willing to draw those boundaries though sure mm-hmm. sure i wanted to note too that like for a lot of these action steps that the archbishop gives us it feels very personal mm-hmm. to our families but i think again going back to culture i think the intention behind them is that they begin to create a family culture that becomes a witness and an invitation to the world around us mm-hmm. to encounter god's love through us and to maybe be countercultural yeah because we are supposed to be set apart and i've been reflecting on this a lot too with our catholic schools and our catholic parishes and just being a catholic family what does it mean to be set apart christ has told us that i have set you apart yes what does that look like cuz if we look like the rest of the world then 
maybe there's an adjustment that needs to be made there or a discernment that needs to happen. Yeah. Um, but it can be such a gift. Yeah. You know, I have a friend um, whose daughter was at a, a sleepover at another friend's house during Lent. Mm-hmm. And um, she sent the mom a quick text and said, um, I, I forgot to mention this, but we are Catholic and we don't eat meat on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And so if she doesn't eat much at dinner um, or she asks for an extra helping of vegetables, like it's not because she doesn't like what you're eating. I don't want oh, you to be offended, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, and the other mom texted her back during dinner or after dinner and was like, it was really no problem. We actually had like uh, a meal without meat in it anyway. Like it oh, just happened that yeah. way. Um, she said, but she did give us a very insightful lesson about Lent and we learned all about the Triduum <laughs> and about Holy Week yeah. and about how Jesus died and rose. Three. I mean, this mom had never heard any of this oh before. My goodness. So it was a really fascinating right. experience for everybody. Like she, you know, just by living her mm-hmm. her family mission, right. by, by making that part of her family culture, yeah. her daughter was evangelizing this whole group of people Absolutely. in right. a completely unexpected way she's just sharing what we do like this is what we do this is what we do this is who we are this is what we do right um and then i know this is a theme that comes up a lot but we aren't in this alone we're not in this alone we've been given a community of saints who are praying for us Mm -hmm. and cheering us on and so one thing that our family used to do we used to create a saint squad so like jen fullweiler has a saint generator each year that you can be a saint for the year um so i used to do that but then like certain saints just kind of stalked our family. Mm-hmm. And so then we just kind of started noticing that. And so I put together the saint squad. Like, these are the saints that we ask for intercession because they kind of are already here for whatever purpose. Um, and so if you don't know where to start, maybe start with your confirmation saints mm-hmm. or um, patron saints of the things that your family loves. Or maybe go visit Jen Fulweiler's generator. Say generator, and, yeah. Yeah, see what the Holy Spirit gives you. I love it. But... Not just saints. We also have a church community to walk with. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And then just a reminder, Mm -hmm. you probably all know this already, but 52 Sundays was designed to help families live out Unleash the Gospel in this very particular way. Mm -hmm. So if you go to 52sundays.com and you click on the FAQ at the bottom, there's actually a section in there if you want to learn how to use 52 Sundays in a family small group and bring together a community of families who support each other, who gather, who pray together, and really try to build up the community outside of just your own little domestic church, but kind of bringing together other groups too. Building the village. Yes, but of course using 52 Sundays is a marvelous way to really meet all of these different pieces of this action step in a way that is organic, in a way that's meaningful for your family, in a way that is not um, setting that bar way too high either. No, you can take as (laughs) much or as little. Yes, take the pieces that are meaningful to you, substitute things, do do what you want with those pieces, but it's really there to give you kind of a a little bit of a, a boost, a little bit of inspiration when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, we encourage you to take some time with your families. Take a look at those seven pieces of seven challenges from Archbishop (laughs) Vigneron. And maybe identify one in particular that you want to work on. Mm. Uh, Talk with each other about something concrete that you can do to be more intentional about becoming a family on mission. So it might be something you're already doing really well, Mm -hmm. but you want to just like amp it up a little bit. Right. Or it might be something where you're like, we are probably not doing that as well as we could. (laughs) What's one step we could take toward doing it in a more meaningful way? That's just it too. Like we're probably already doing a lot of these things, but maybe this week what we do is as we look at those challenges is we recommit to being intentional. 
yes. and more focused. Yes, intentionality is so, right. so key here. Yeah, and that we're not just haphazardly on mission, <laughs> but that we really are, are intentional about the things that we are doing as a family, and we refocus on why we're doing it, too. Sure. Well, thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. We hope you leave encouraged to discover and accept the unique mission that your family has been given. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Beyond Sunday has been sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org 52sponsorships.